0: you're listening to the autism weekly podcast each week we share community voices and bring light to stories that increase awareness acceptance equity access and inclusion if you haven't already subscribe to join the autism weekly family i'm your host jeff skabitsky this week we're joined by macy sotantio the co-founder and director of the catch clinic that's c-a-t-c-h Macy has been working with neurodivergent children, teens, and adults for over 30 years. Her passion for supporting her clients' authenticity as autistic individuals led to her mission to create a training curriculum for neurodivergent individuals of all ages with emphasis on strength-based and person-centered approach. In this episode, we'll be discussing the importance of autistic employment, the challenges and opportunities that come with navigating the transition to adulthood and strategies for creating inclusive workplaces. Macy also brings unique perspective as a late diagnosed autistic individual and professional coach. Macy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you
1: so much for having me, Jeffrey.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure. And, and to be honest, this is a topic that I think needs to be talked about a little bit more, is that the The services for autistics have have centered around early intervention and, and maybe into adolescence. And sometimes we forget about the adult population and about really that transition to empowering individual accessibility to the community. But before we get there, I always want to just touch base and know a little bit about you and what brought you to the field of autism in general. Do you mind sharing that?
1: Sure, sure. I actually, I really enjoy working with people, especially with kids. So as an undergraduate at UCLA, I wanted to specialize, my background was in psychology, but I wanted to uh, specialize in developmental disability. That's what what it was called then. So then I got to explore working with kids or with adults, and I just happened to be placed in an autism classroom uh, in Los Angeles somewhere working with it, it was a preschool so I just fell in love with these neurodivergent kids and many of those kids actually they were connected with the UCLA's young autism project so that's just how I got into the field as a behaviorist and work my way up to the top and then I left to get trained and certified in a relationship-based model. So at Catch Clinic, we only work with parents and we support parents to figure out the best way to help their neurodivergent kids live their best lives. So I watch my clients grow up, grew up, and uh, many of them manage to get a college degree and they can't even get a summer job. At a place like Domino's because they can't compete with neurotypical job seekers. So in 2019, I um created a, the nonprofit autism career pathways. And I really want to show the world that meaningful employment for people, neurodivergent people who want and can work looks very different and has to be highly individualized and uh I I love uh, designing curriculum. That's what I got my master's in. So now I just um, develop curriculum and courses to help figure this part out. (laughs) The uh, employment challenge for non adults, especially for those uh, very marginalized and for people who communicate very differently. So this is like my specific passion and what we try to accomplish through the nonprofit.
0: Well, I I appreciate the efforts that you're putting into this because you used a word that I think that we all need to key in on, and that's meaningful, is that Mm -hmm. historically employment for those that have been um, marginalized and have been seen as not having the skill set, despite probably having not only the skill sets to do the job, but unique skill sets to add extra components to the workforce. Um, those things haven't been meaningful historically. It's been, oh, well, let's find Correct. a job that's more rote. Let's find a job that's more factory-based. So can you give mm-hmm. me just an idea of you know, what meaningful means to you? Because I think that we all have a different understanding of it, but I'd love yeah. to hear from you what that means in, in the employment world.
1: Well, I think having a meaningful uh, work or having quality of life as a neurodivergent person and as a neurotypical person also, it just means that you live your life as your authentic self. So, you know, and I think it doesn't happen overnight. It really needs to be nurtured uh, from childhood. You know, um, so caregivers, uh, they love, like parents love their children like n- no one else, right? Because <clears> it's <throat> your child. But the understanding that my child is uh, who he, she, they are, um, and I respect that identity, that priorities, priorities, and Uh, you know, passion, you know, all of that. So uh, that's meaningful. If you can access, you know that you can access and you have a voice, whether you are in need of help or you can show other people things that you enjoy doing, you know, like everything uh, would come together because it's been nurtured and respected and cultivated since you're a young person and you that's your you. (laughs) That's you and your Mm -hmm. package. You're it's different than that makes you unique, you know, and that's meaningful employment and quality of life, how you live your life, how you do your leisure activities, how you think about work and how you contribute to your community.
0: Would it, would it be wrong of me to assume that part of where we might have missed historically in our society is that we are telling neurodiver- neurodivergent individuals what they need to do, where they need to work, how they need to behave right. in the community, where what we've missed out on is understanding, you know, what it is that that individual is seeking how they're approaching things, maybe differently, but getting to yeah. the same or better results. What is the what's the curriculum that that you're developing? What does that start with? How do you start working through it? Does it start with, you know, figuring out what it is that's important to me? Does it hit on interview skills? Does it hit on teaching the workplace how to interview?
1: Well, that's a very, very good question. And it's so important, I think, because a problem. I think this is a human problem. If you are not familiar with someone or somebody or who someone is, you know, or a field or uh, knowledge, you know, and you, it it becomes uncomfortable and it makes you feel, well, I don't know anything about that, about autism or ADHD or, you know, non-speaking uh, neurodivergent, so I'm not gonna even like uh, talk about it, <laughs> you know, advocate for it, you know. And we we forget that uh we are all human beings. At any age, we're all human beings. And when we try to put an autistic person or no neuro, no neuro, neuro, neurodivergent young person into boxes, because when we put categorized people, that it makes it easier to provide or design programs or or to find support, you know, but actually uh we have to do the opposite, right? We have to unbox them so that we don't otherwise we the world is missing out. Mm
2: -hmm. If
1: we only think about a person and what that person does through one last lens, which is your own lens. If you're a neurotypical, that's your lens. And no divergent lens, is very different, and I always tell parents I work with also professional professionals that autistic people. Have a different developmental trajectory. Uh, the way we develop language is very different, so if you're a speech therapist, you're using a training and. Um, uh, and you're creating goals based on neurotypical no children, that's very different. It doesn't even cross, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, so th- that's the issue, right? So we don't have the right kind of handbook to work with neurodivergent people. Things are starting to change today because we're, we have so many neurodivergent advocates out with books, with, you know, online um Resources. So I think this is a very important time. OK, I'm realizing I'm rambling and <laughs> I've forgotten actual questions. No. So and and I think questions.
0: I think, yeah, I think that you I think that you hit on what the gestalt of what we're trying to to kind of encompass there right. is. And, and right. it almost is like as you're talking, I'm thinking like there's three very distinct right. paths here there's you know how does the community become more aware to be able to mm-hmm. to support and welcome autistics and neurodivergent into the workplace yes. there's how does the the stakeholder community that could be the the treatment yes. the advocates okay. how do they support the individual and then the individual themselves what can they do so let's start with the workplace what is it that creates a a workplace in general that is supportive of Having a variety of people excelling in the office space yeah. or excelling in the work.
1: Right. Well, I, I parents, therapists, teachers, job coaches. Uh, I call them all of us. Actually, here are at, we are adult guides. We are in the position to be able to support someone neurodivergent business owners as well, co-workers and so on, right? Um, And I think the. One, we have to always presume competence. Secondly, we have to have the right mindset. To be able to include and help someone divergent to belong, you know, accountability, be accountable and everyone has internal biases you know and you have to know um what they are and undo them right so uh, it doesn't have anything to do with your education level or uh, how many years you have worked with uh, autistic people and so on but it's i think it's very dangerous to say i've always done it this way and it has worked before you know, and um, when you're young and you're starting into this field as a professional, a lot of times you, you get stuck. And I also know a lot of people who have decades, de- decades of training and experiences and they're very successful, but they've also been hiding under, under the wrong rock, you know, thinking that, well, this, this works. No, it doesn't work because we're raising human beings. And that means we have to see uh, you know, our clients or our students, coworkers, nor divergent co-workers potential before they see it. You know, that's mm-hmm. what my mom did with me and my families, you know, and I grew up with learning disabilities. So school stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know how I managed to graduate at UCLA, and you know, and went back to school years later to get my master's degree. But uh, if you are autistic with hidden disabilities, going to school is really hard. Social interruptions mm-hmm. are really hard, you know. And in the old days diagnosis was not possible there were no IEPs and so on so and yet you know I think a lot of parents and teachers therapists they're very intuitive because it Mm -hmm. is their calling it is their passion like me I love I'm still doing you know working with autistic people uh, after these many years because that's really my passion but I You have to learn from the people you serve. (laughs) It doesn't matter who you are as an adult guide, right? If you're a Mm -hmm. coworker, um, or maybe you uh, you work with the DDIb, uh, you run the DDIb at a large corporate company. You know, it's really on you to be a role model, to show the way, to learn from neurodivergent people directly. Um and you have to put together a group. So my other advice is don't do it alone. Yeah. Do it together and be accountable and identify what kind of inclusive culture you want at work and keep going moving towards that because then that's how we go from just talking about it to walking the talk, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of companies, it's still, they don't feel comfortable to openly say, oh, we, we want to hire an autistic designer, an autistic system analyst, and so on, right? Uh, because they don't know that word autism or neurodivergent. It's still, um, there's a lot of negative representation attached to it, right? We are not a charity case. You know, that's the other thing we have to change. Mm
2: -hmm. You know,
1: the adjustments, accommodations have to go both ways. Right. And this is how if companies are serious about it, they can go from just talking about it every April, hiring an autistic person to do presentation, company-wide presentation, to really having the right mindset. And then that's how you go from intention the intention has to be there and then that's how you go from intention to impact right mm-hmm. so you have to really work on it it's hard for them yep. because yeah but anyways uh it I is really up.
0: hard <laughs> but that that intention to impact that to me seems to be the biggest barrier there's a lot of people who have a wonderful Mm -hmm. intent they want to be able to be successful in being able to broaden the workplace to bring diverse minds into every decision making process and into empowering and strengthening their own business but what they're missing sometimes Are the skills to get there is that learning how to be able to adapt to somebody's communication style their learning style those are top skills so how do you go about helping to be able to work with employers or work with advocates to be able to say you know this is this is the first step this is how you teach people to be able to start developing these skills
1: yeah so this is actually what we've done through our nonprofit Autism Queer Pathways. Uh, we do online courses. Uh, so it's usually a hybrid model where you have self paced recordings to understand neurodiversity 101 you know and you know what is autism what is not autism for example uh and giving people a much more affirming set of vocabularies when they describe and think about neurodivergent people you know so this is i'm a curriculum designer so my mind works in bullet points this is the kind of uh Offerings training offerings that we provide for companies so we can train their leaders, we can train educators, uh, you know, because it's same but difference. The overview of neurodiversity has to be created by neurodivergent people, and that's what we've done. Um, We have presentations and recordings and all of our classes are always uh, run by neurodivergent people. Um, so I think that's really important to have or to collaborate or to hire organizations that can give you that basic understanding, understanding to move away from a fixed it, deficit, deficit or pathology model into a more proactive uh, collaboration base model like how to um interview autistic people differently, you know, so we include all that into the modules. Um, and through ACP Autism Career Pathways, we also want to do business to business. Um, networking so businesses and companies can come together and learn from each other. Um, Mm -hmm. I think to make meaningful changes we shouldn't like compete with each other or keep reinventing the wheel we need to collaborate because it's such a massive problem you know massive problem really uh so that's i think uh important to find an organization like ours that have this curriculum designed by uh neurodivergent people so it's neurodivergent or autistic centered right and we're All the modules really help you to first uh, understand, to change your mindset, and also give you the tools to be able to communicate, to uh, problem solve, to collaborate with autistic people. Um, Mm -hmm. That kind of curriculum, that kind of how to, that is that's a problem. There's not not no how tos (laughs) that actually work, and I think. The intention also for me as a curriculum designer, as an inclusivity trainer, is not to spell it out for people. That's important. We can't tell people how to change if they're not yet ready to change. But to be inclusive, uh, best inclusive practices, that looks different from business to business, company to business uh, company company you know because every company Mm -hmm. has a different culture so you know that that's going from the basic to more customized and personalized uh kind of training i think that should be a very important keep in mind whether it's training for teachers training for parents because we're all human beings
0: no absolutely and um just the the pathway that you're going through that. it, it's different is that it, it, when you look at the history of being able to do job coaching and things, it's focused on mm-hmm. how do but. you make the autistic individual more okay. palatable to the employer? This flips the script. But. It puts the responsibility maybe back onto the community at large to understand that you know some of those things that we typically look at, and, that, and let's stick with mm-hmm. interviewing, whether that is being able to clarify a message in in a very articulate, succinct manner, or whether yeah. that is the eye contact piece, or whether that's those little things in an interview that maybe employers are historically looking for that neurotypical response
2: mm-hmm. and
0: they're missing out on the candidate pool because of those Absolutely. little things when you're when you're interacting. Yeah. so what are what are some of those components that you'd say, you know, as a business owner, These are the things that an autistic individual that you're missing out on could have brought to your company that would have strengthened your company, that have made you a better organization, and ultimately, as a business, probably helped your profits in the long term by doing these things.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about just on the subject of Interview or cur- the the job screening process, right? And I'll also answer this uh, in two different ways. One is from the autistic or neurodivergent job seekers' perspective, and also from the businesses and companies and the interviewers, right? So I think the problem is because we're not using. The, we don't have the right kind of manual right now so autistic people and dev, uh, autistic people and neurotypical people it's like some people use an iphone some people use a samsung droid phone you know you need the right kind of manual to be able to best operate your device right that's the easiest way you can think about it and remember autistic people have a different developmental trajectory. We have our own culture. uh, We speak our own language and so on. Um, So I think that there are a lot of misunderstandings and um, unwritten rules from both sides that make the screening part uh, difficult. So if for people who work with autistic adults, the problem is, if all these years these jo- job seeker it was being trained or has been trained to mask, to to respond to others' questions, you know in a very deficit way, you know question, answer, or if you're in the situation, this is what you do, blah blah blah. Uh, reward based programs. For for example, right? You're training this autistic person to become someone else. And that's really not possible because our minds are different, right? So when you're uh, like training autistic people to behave more like neurotypicals, that's where the world is missing out because then you have this 23-year-old who has college degrees, but can't answer simple questions like, tell me what you love doing when you have, like like on weekends, you know, mm-hmm. because these people are used to, uh, their compass is not themselves and what's important to them. Their compass is what is the person in front of me want want me to say. There's always that in the back of their mind. Right, so that's a big issue actually, because you can be really brilliant, but if you don't have support, accommodation at work, eventually you're going to experience sensory burnout, sensory meltdown, because that's just part of being a neurodivergent, living in this world today. Right, it's going to mm-hmm. come. Right, and that's where we have so many brilliant neurodivergent people who just keep getting fired starting over at the bottom so they're under
2: and mm. underpaid
1: right so over 85 percent of autistic college graduates are not working that's to me it's like not acceptable right that uh, makes so, sense. so yeah so then the other side of it companies and uh, business owners co-workers you know uh, for them, when they hear the word ADHD, autistic, uh, dyslexic, dyscalcula, I have those, I, but I still consider myself smart and very capable, <laughs> that you, the moment you hear these labels is to actually be become very curious, because it means mm-hmm. that you have to think outside of the box to do the screening part, right? And at the end of the day, if you're part of a large corporate company and you're a recruiter, you wanna hire the best person for that position, neurodivergent or not, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it serves the company better if they learn more about how to best interview ADHD people, how to best interview someone like me who is very sensitive to noise uh, loud noises brightness and so on because those things do affect me and it really distracts me <laughs> mm-hmm. you know those are little things and of course you've heard about universal design for learning UDL and you know I add universal design for communication it's good for everyone you know movement break is good for everyone slowing down during breakdowns, it's good for everyone. Uh, giving um, multi-sensory modality uh, accessibility uh, access to support during your meetings. You know, even Zoom, you, you can do, turn on the captions and so on, right? It's the same thing. You always have that mindset. What else I can I do so that I'm not missing out on this person? Right, so I am the one who has to take time. Um, an example of this would be uh, our, one of our board advisor is a non-speaking autistic person, right? And the moment I decided I want, I need to have non-speaking, minimally speaking um, people as part of our team, the moment I make that as our goal, I reserve time to do that. To mm-hmm. do that. So it took us a long time, a lot, of, a lot of back and forth because I don't want to speak for the person. You know, um, I gave a like selection of like duties and roles, and I let that person choose.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so that's exactly what I mind. Uh, what I meant by. It starts with a man's mindset, and you invest in time, and then uh, you do it. You do it together with the person. You do it yeah. together with the person. That's how you make sure you're not missing out on anything both ways, right? No. Clear communication is great for everyone, mm-hmm. right? So there, the, this is where there's that misunderstanding that, oh, hiring neurodivergent people is really – it's a charity case or it's going to cost us a lot of time to do this. No, because oh, hopefully you you do it your own way, become inclusive. And you, you that's what you, every time you hire a new person, that person goes through that training.
0: You know, yeah. yes, I'm doing able- that. And, yeah. Exactly. I've seen that before. I, I mean, I've seen it mm-hmm. where you know when you brought in the workplace and you're patient to really understand each individual and what they're trying mm-hmm. to be able to share with you and what they're bringing to the organization and and help them to be them their best selves, is that the right. entire organization exactly. benefits. It might be time up front to understand how, as a leader of an organization or a manager, how do I adjust my style to empower somebody? Right. But it right. it does have such an impact on the right. overall culture of an organization. So you've done so right. much work on being able to kind of bring in the community, get engagement, bring autistics mm-hmm. into the decision making process to inform the mm-hmm. the neurotypical community on, hey, you know, these are the things that are important to us. This is what's going to help me. This is where it's going to go. Where right. do people where can they reach out to or where where can they access even your materials to be able to start this process? Because a lot of organizations are hesitant to do it because they don't even know where mm-hmm. to go. So how do they right. start this process?
1: Um, they can go to our website, autismcareerpathways.org um, and we're launching our new platform um, and they're The way I envision this platform is it will contain a lot of video resources. So at the click of a button, uh, you can learn about neurodiversity 101 and autistic experiences at workplaces and so on, right? And then if they're ready to take the next step, uh, then they work with us to to do the the training, the hybrid training, Mm -hmm. uh, online resources. Uh, And then we come in to answer questions and also help them personalize their screening process, right? So they feel comfortable saying, we want to hire neurodivergent people. And it shows on the website. It shows, like, on their uh, policy uh, document. It's, It's everywhere. When you're being affirming, you're being affirming. Um, Right. So learning how to be affirming, it takes time to put it together because your company Mm -hmm. culture is very unique. So the way ACP ACP think about this, yes, we provide some standardized modules for businesses, but I think it's important also to be present for them and uh, develop that relationship with the company. because. Absolutely. Yeah, dealing with human beings, it has to be highly customized and personalized. And I have to empower businesses that we work with because they're partner to us, right? Uh, We want them to just keep doing this on their own and Mm -hmm. teach other businesses, show other uh, similar businesses to do it. This is how, at least in my head, (laughs) that's how ideally that should happen because it's not like, oh, hire Macy to talk about autistic and non-typical communication at workplaces. And that's it, done. Mm -hmm. There has to be the next step, like what will be like the next action items after a presentation and it needs to continue, right? Within the company. Yeah, so I think
0: hopefully- And that that success, I would imagine spreads over time. I mean, you see one business do it, you're like, hold on that worked. It worked for them. They were able to do it successfully and it created a wonderful work condition, working culture, everything. I should be doing this. And it's kind of like that trickle down. Do the families have the same resources? Because I know that for me as an individual, doing things and being on my own without any support is extremely hard. Is that, is there, are there the same resources for families to support?
1: Absolutely. So I uh advocate through my Instagram accounts. I run four Instagram accounts. <laughs> it's just the way I, I just need those categories to help me stay on task. Uh, so mm-hmm. the parenting account where I advocate for autistic children, it's just my name at Macy Sutantio. And of course, for Autism Career Pathways, we have at Autism Career Pathways and I interview Autistic people of all ages to talk about their specialized interests and their career journey. So it's very safe and fun. And uh, we also have non-speaking autistic business owners. So I think last week I just interviewed uh, Fidget Pockets. So that whole family uh, communicates through AAC and sign language, hmm. which is really beautiful. And it was really funny. Um, these uh, AAC users, Uh, but the interview those kind of interview. I hope if a parent sees that they will feel more hopeful to be able to look ahead a little bit, right? Uh, I also run at Better Community certified uh, uh, certified yeah, at Better Community certified, which is uh, a sensory inclusive certification for our community businesses. So if they are willing to learn how to be more neurodivergent friendly, that's the training and the certification for them. So it's very popular with bookstores because autistic people love going to bookstores. Uh, so it's, it's all there. And, um, I, and our YouTube channel also has a ton of videos, some videos for parents and uh, presentations by autistic people certified businesses, it's all there as well, if people want to see, um, regardless of who they are, whether you're a parent or a
0: professional or a teacher. Well, I I appreciate it, and those resources are invaluable. Um, But, Macy, thank you so much. Your passion, your energy, your knowledge, your commitment to hearing the voices of those that you're helping to advocate for. It's, it's something that it's, it's commendable and I appreciate you coming on to share your story with us and hopefully we get to talk more as, as this goes on because, you know, the more the message spreads, the more we're going to start seeing the, the workplace community broaden and strengthen over time. And this is just the sure. first step. So thank you so much. Thank
1: you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Autism Weekly. We hope you tune back in next week to learn more about autism in the real world. Autism Weekly is now found on all the major listening apps, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and more. Subscribe to be notified when we post a new podcast. Autism Weekly is produced by ABS Kids. ABS Kids is proud to provide diagnostic assessments and ABA therapy to children with developmental delays like autism spectrum disorder. You can learn more about ABS Kids and the Autism Weekly Podcast by visiting abskids.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you again next week.